Discussions, the podcast, brought to you by Big Stew and Friends. We have in house today Bella B and Auntie. We're going to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the United States of America and also what we need to do to help our children out here. Are you ready? Let's take off. Good afternoon, friends. So I know that everybody has been watching in the news and seeing the recent uh, shootings of African-American men and young ladies uh, with the recent conviction of Officer Chauvin. But what we want to start with is what can we do or what is wrong with our children? Generation Z, I think that's what they refer to them as. I'm going to turn it over to the ladies in the house and, and let's talk about that. Let's put some conversation around what's going on with our youth today. Alrighty. Um, some of the things I feel that is kind of uh, incorrect with our children is the fact that we've lost all the uh, unity that we used to have. Uh, not even just us, because I know back in the day it was a whole lot stronger. The lady down the street can beat your ass, the mailman can beat your ass, and now People don't want you to even look at the kids, barely, you know? And I feel like the structure is gone. Um, they, they just, the, the structure, the morals, the respect, is just a, a very lack of, and uh, we gotta feed that back to them. How do, you, how do you propose, Auntie, that we put that structure back into our communities, back into, back into our communities? first it has to start in a household and I mean you got to do a lot with your kids nowadays so you know you can get instill some morals and values in them but but how do we how do we get there okay so let, let me put this out there so the grandmother is gone the grandmother is no longer in play the grandmother is mid-40s, out here trying to catch cool herself, kicking it, doing what she do, while her grandson or granddaughter is being raised by their mother, who is also out here doing the same thing that the grandmama is doing. So now the kid has nobody to turn to. Now growing up, it wasn't so much in my, in, for me and my experience, but I knew a lot of children who were raised by their grandmother because mama and daddy wasn't what they were supposed to be. But now kids don't have that. They don't have the grandmother because the grandmother is still trying to do what she trying to do. She trying to be, she trying to catch her youth. How do y'all feel about that? It's factual. Uh, even with that being factual, it's kind of sad in the same sense because, uh, you know, the ages that people was obviously having sex has dropped. So therefore, grandma is younger, mom is younger, everybody is younger. And nobody really actually set up and, and lived their lives. So therefore, they they want to do it now. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, granny, 40. Granny, all right, I had to be a mom in my 20s. Now I'm 40. I don't want to be a granny either. I barely even wanted to be a mom. So she going to skip over that. The mom don't want to be a mom either. But you was out there popping that thing, thought you was grown and now you gotta be an adult. So by the time her kid gets 20, she's also gonna be 40, granny gonna be 60. It's just gonna be a repeating cycle, ongoing cycle, just, just 
how normally it is in the black community. So, our children, are they lost? Do they have a place to land? Do they know where to get on solid ground? I think they lost because they don't have no one guiding them, showing them the way. They don't, you're not just automatically born with those instincts. So you got to be taught. The foundation got to be laid. So in our communities, we have our children. We have them 8 to 15 years old. They have nobody to look up to at home. They have nobody to look up to in the neighborhood. When they go to school, they fight systemic racism. They fight the other kids who look like them because they, for the kids that do have, they make fun of the other kids that don't have. So, truly, our kids are in a, in a conundrum. They truly don't have anywhere to go. Again, back to our first question. What needs to be done? Do we need to, do we need to have more positive groups out in the community? Showing these children what needs to happen. Do we need to come up with after-school programs? Do we need to start a process or a program to where we can bus kids to certain uh, places and programs to get done what they need to have done? Absolutely. And uh, I say absolutely because there's very few. I have a few uh, older men, shout out to them guys on my Facebook. They make sure, they find things for, for the children to do. The young boys, the young girls, and shout out to uh, the young girl who actually has a program for young girls who's went through uh, low self-esteem and went through uh, maybe some molestation or something like that, you know, things that, you know, can trouble a teen, a little teen girl or whatever like that, and she kind of helps them build themselves back up. And we, we have certain programs like that. I feel like we need more programs like that. And then back to what I said in the beginning, our, those parents, not our parents, but those parents have to be willing to put those children into those programs. And they have to be mothers and fathers and be more so responsible to take them to those programs. But is that where we step in? Is that where the community steps in? Because... You know, I don't want to sound funny, but we've already given mom and dad a chance to make these children right or to help these children along the way. Yep. So, of course, mom ain't trying to take little, little, little Rob to the program tonight because she got his Taco Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I got to be home and all of this, that, and the other. So, little Rob missed out on that. But mom don't miss out on Taco Tuesday. Which turned into Wild Wing Wednesday, <laughs> which turned into Thirsty Thursday, which turns into Freaky Friday, which turns into Salty Saturday. And then on Sunday, we want to rewind our life and say we're going to do better this week. But all along, who suffers? The children. And so with that, we roll these same kids out into the community against a paramilitary police department. And our kids don't stand a chance. Number one, they got an X on their forehead because of the paint of their skin, the color of their skin. Number two, they don't know. All they've ever seen is ignorance. All they've ever seen is violence. So we're doing our children a disservice. But let's 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 delve into that. Let's let's talk about why. Why do we get treated the way we get treated by? people in authority. Why do the cops treat 
brown and black people the way they do? I think um, black people don't realize it, but most of those people that got the uh, hatred and are racist towards us, they're envious of us. And a lot of us don't even show our full ability to really give them something to envy. They see something in us that a lot of us don't even see in ourselves anymore. It's like the black race has been so watered down and not just because of race mixing or anything, it's just because we stopped putting into ourselves. You gotta put in something to get out something. That goes back to those morals and values as kids. So, if little Bobby from the, from the hood, grew up in the hood, if he got morals and values, what stops Peter the cop from blowing him away when he pull him over? What stops that? Him valuing himself. Him valuing, you know, him being able to go home. Because if you're not going to turn to ignorance, if you're really trying to go home, you're going to think straight. You're going to straighten up. I don't care if you piss you drunk. I'd have been drunk a many a night. I ain't never got a DUI because I straighten up. Yes, sir. No, sir. Ain't no, why you pull me over? No, I'm not. I don't even give a shit because I obviously did something for you to pull me over. So, okay. And I get that. I get that. That conversation that we need to do as we need to comply. We need to comply with the police officers. But why does it always seem that the, seem that the black community we have to make a change in order to see other things change. Why can't there be reform in the way that the police department handles the community? Why do we have to change? By all means, we should conform. But when they come up on you, when they come up on you as a African-American, a Latino, they come up on you already aggressive. The conversation isn't, Hey, how are you doing today, Miss Bella? Um, we just pulled you over. You were speeding. Can we see your license registration? It don't go down like that. Hey, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. What are you doing in this area? Automatically, that tone takes the conversation and the situation to another, another, another level. So, what do they need to do? Why do we constantly have to change? Well, I think they need to go back to the old school way where the police in your community lived in your community or had some kind of ties in the community where he uh, know the kids and know their family and half the time ain't even got to say nothing because he gonna tell you, he gonna report it to your, your parent or whoever that strong figure is in your family and kids go get it together because they don't want to go home to them repercussions. Very valid point. That's where the acronym COP, C-O-P comes from. Um, citizen on Patrol, COP. So That's they need to have cops that look like us, police us. So, again, that's still a very valid point. So, I'm a, the three of us sitting here in this room, we all grew up in the neighborhood, in the hood. We grew up in the inner city, right? One of the best times of my life growing up in the inner city. But times have changed, but the inner city has always been the inner city. I'm just going to rattle off that person who was not black in your neighborhood. And I want you to tell me the name that you refer to them as. Now, I'm going to tell you first and foremost, the first dude in my neighborhood that come to my mind was White Rock. What about you, Bella B? Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> white boy Dave. White boy Steve. So in the hood, we always referred to you. If you wasn't black, you was your race and then your name. Now, out of all those three people that we named, they parents lived in that community. They family lived in that community. They didn't fear black people because they knew us. They knew what we was going to do. Y'all agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So back to Auntie's point that if the police officers lived in the neighborhoods, they would see little little uh, Trinesha growing up as a baby. They would see Trinesha mama and daddy get married. They would see Trinesha have cousins and friends over there with them. So then that day when Trinesha turns 18 years old and she cutting up somewhere, the cop comes up to her and say, hey, come on now. You know you wasn't raised like this. You already had that rapport. Is it possible though, to have police officers in, 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 in that live in the neighborhoods? Is it is it possible? Are there black people out there? Are there people who come from a poverty-stricken area? Are those people out there willing to become law, law enforcement officers? No. And that could be an issue as well because they're not willing to be a cop because of the stigma of, of what the younger children see in the inner city of cops. Oh, you a cop? Oh, you gonna take me to jail? Oh, you gonna beat me? Oh, you gonna, you know, cops is not really looked at as a big, as a good thing, as a savior, as a protector, or as a, you know, figure that you should respect. Cops has lost a lot of their respect. How do they get the respect? Again, that's what you said. What do, what do they have to change, and what do they have to go through to, you know, they to see change? They gotta have like-minded people or people that come from the same background together. Black cops need to be in the inner city, or it's some white cops that can do good. But not if you got, if you fear black a black man, you don't need to be policing a black man. If you fear, you know. Uh, the inner city at night, because it could be a, a black person that's from the suburbs. Then you don't need to be putting yourself in that situation because you already nervous. So that's negative energy. So you're not gonna um, always make the best decisions coming in with that on your back already. So you're not gonna make the best decisions due due to fear. You're already afraid. Yes. So when. <clears throat> when young Adam Toledo in Chicago is running down the alley at 2.30 in the morning and you chasing him with a gun, you the cop, you chasing him with your gun out. He has his gun out. He's running. You tell him to stop, put your hands up. He does. You still shoot him. He complies. Why didn't you just let him run? Or why didn't you just shoot him in his back in the first place? definitely couldn't shoot him in the back because then you uh, all the way wrong according to the policy and procedure which I mean we have seen several of them get away with it as well but I mean they trying to act like they're cracking down on it we had to um, win with Chauvin but it's so many others that's still unanswered and we don't know what's going to happen and then just soon as that verdict came in, we had another shooting of a young uh, black woman in um, Columbus. So it's like 
we thought we had a victory and was taking steps forward and we was just taken back. So you have a young lady in Columbus who comes out on the scene with a deadly weapon. She tries to stab one young girl. She turns to go to stab the other. The police officer on the scene shoots her, saving another black child's life. Some people in the community are outraged. Did he have to shoot her four times? Could he have tased her? Could he have did this, that, or the other? My personal opinion is I felt he was, he did the right thing. Because if that was my daughter on the other side who was gonna be stabbed, and the police had been on the scene and she got stabbed, we would have questions about that. But the reason I feel that we question everything that the police officers do at this point in time in 2021 is because of the history, because of the systemic hate, because of the systemic racism that has been shown to people of color. So yeah, they might do a few things right, absolutely. And I feel there's more good cops than there are bad cops. But because of the history, people look at them as all bad. I recently got my tags updated on my vehicle. I didn't have to because of COVID. I have until December to do that. But I'm a black man. I'm not, I can't give them a reason to pull me over because I don't know if I'll be able to make it home that night. And that's not the way I should feel by people who should be protecting my community. How do you ladies feel about that? I mean, as far as the protecting your community and being a taxpayer, you paying their wages. So they're really supposed to work for you. But it's it's nothing like that now. They just look at actually like it's a, the inner city is a war zone. And they got to uh, keep the parameter, everything tight, and everybody in line, almost like a concentration camp. Okay. It, it is because you can't you can't drive in your neighborhood. They'll pull you over for any anything. Anything. Most literally. of the time, not even valid reasons. And and it's so <laughs> many. It's yes, it's people who have drunk drugs and guns in the car, all that. Not registered. You know, not don't have a CCW. But that don't that shouldn't give you a death wish. Right. I think they need to start. Uh, working on some training besides the deadly force. Like, in other countries, they police without guns, so they are able to take down subjects with knives and guns. You know, they need to do some kind of training and use that as the last resort. That's the first resort.